Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I am Jessica Chan. And I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, Jessica. Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. Um, something, John, that a lot of our listeners don't know is that you play guitar and sing in a local band. That's correct, Jessica. I do. We are called Churchill Music Company, and we'll file this under the shameless promotion portion of our podcast. We play at various bars and breweries and wineries and any place that serves alcohol, really, in the Richmond metro <laughs> area. So, Yeah, and you guys are really great, and I'm so excited about this podcast today because... Dear listeners, you may or may not get a chance to hear John Haley's lovely, and I mean this seriously, truly lovely singing voice. We'll see about that. I don't know if I've warmed up the pipes well enough yet, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see when we get there. Right. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a strange topic for you to be singing about because today we're talking about cybersecurity, which is always a trending topic. In fact, we've discussed it before on this podcast, but we've received some requests for more content in this area so now we give you cybersecurity part two. And much like the Godfather, John, you can listen to both and debate maybe which one is superior. I'm a Godfather one man myself, but Godfather two is also excellent. But we could do a whole podcast on that, which probably defeats the purpose of this. But and this podcast will be shorter than either Godfather movie. That's correct. That's correct. Hopefully. Right. <laughs> uh, so it has been a little over a year since our last episode on this topic, which was titled Conveniently enough, cybersecurity. Very, very creative. We released that on October 15th, 2017. That episode focused on data breaches and specifically your obligations under the law to protect data from being accessed by hackers. To quickly recap that episode here, but you can always go back and listen to this episode under iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Under Virginia law, when a business or individual who maintains a database of personal information discovers unauthorized access and acquisition of the unencrypted and unredacted computerized data of that personal information, that phrase could only have been written by a lawyer, uh, you must notify the Office of the Attorney General and any affected Virginia resident without unreasonable delay. In that episode, we also go into more detail regarding making a plan for safeguarding data and also planning how you will respond if your system is breached. Right. And as consumers and businesses rely more on electronic devices to communicate, shop, and do business online, we see increased risks and vulnerability. So we consider it vital to your business to remain up to date on these issues. Further, while the legal landscape here is still being formed from a risk management standpoint, it is a best practice to make sure that you are following industry standards and taking reasonable precautions in the event that someone hacks your email or computer system. So today we're going to focus on password protections and securely conducting all financial transactions. So first, let's talk about passwords. How good are your passwords? I don't know. Probably not great. And when you say passwords, should I have more than one? Ooh, boy, yeah. Yeah, you should have more than one. You should definitely not use the same password for all of your accounts, and you should change them frequently. So another question, and this is a dangerous question maybe, does your password use a simple word or words found in the dictionary? Yes. Mm, not so good. Is your password short and sweet? Yes. No, no, strike two. Is your password yes? Maybe. <sighs> well, while short and sweet is good for best man speeches, it's very bad for passwords. Uh, your password should be unique, long, it should mix different characters like numbers and punctuation symbols. 
and should have some upper and lower case letters. One tip that I found helpful is to think of a sentence that you can remember with at least eight words, one of them being a number, and use that first letters of that sentence to make your password. So, for example, if you're a Jimmy Buffett fan, you can use a song lyric from Cheeseburger in Paradise, like, I like mine with leads of San Tomato, Heinz 57 and French fried potato. That becomes I-L-M-W-L ampersand T-H-5-7 ampersand F-F-P. Not quite the same ring to it. I don't know why Jimmy didn't write it that way, but yeah. I digress. Well, John, that is a long and delicious password. Thank you very much. <laughs> Other things that could lead to weak password management include putting your password where someone could find it, like on a sticky note or in a document on your computer, sharing your password with others, or multiple people in the same office using the same password to log in. Those are some good tips. So beyond having a strong password, there are some products and approaches to reduce your risk. Two things you may have heard about recently are password managers and two-factor authentication. So first, let's talk about password managers. Jessica, what is a password manager? Thanks for asking, John. You're welcome. A password manager is anything that helps you generate, capture, store, and retrieve complex passwords. They generally use an encrypted database, which requires one complex password to unlock. They capture the passwords through your web browser and may auto-log in when you revisit the website. Software features and costs can vary on these programs, so you should research online or talk to an IT professional about what would work best for you and your business. Some options that our own staff uses are Dashlane, 1Password, RoboForm, and Keeper. In fact, the Tech Helpline, which is a Virginia Realtor member benefit, might be able to provide you with some additional advice about what kind of password manager could be right for you. That's right. And again, what's best for you could depend on whether you're a broker trying to manage your firm's system with multiple users or an agent who just wants to protect your own email and financial accounts. So that's all well and good. But now, what is two-factor authentication that people want to know? Yes, two-factor authentication is any time that you have two levels of verification to log into an account or complete a transaction. It generally involves two of these three types of authentication. One, something you know, like a PIN or a password. Two, something you have, like an ATM card, phone, or fob. And three, something you are, like a biometric fingerprint or facial recognition. This may sound a little intimidating, but you're likely already doing this every single day with your debit card and credit card at physical retailers. Whenever you swipe your debit card and put a PIN number in, you're providing both a physical item, something you have, and something you know, the PIN. You're authenticating the financial transaction on two levels. Those of you with smartphones that use a password protection or a fingerprint scan are also doing this to authenticate that you are the user of the phone. Almost all banks, social media sites, email servers, Google, Dropbox, Amazon, Apple, and Microsoft, just to name a few, now have a way to set up two-factor authentication. Usually you can go into the settings and privacy or security sections to learn how to do this. And if you get stuck, the Tech Helpline member benefit we discussed earlier can walk you through it. If your email service or network does not have a way to add two-factor authentication, we would highly recommend switching it to one that does to reduce your risk. Finally, stay alert, even in this area. As more people employ two-factor authentication, scams pop up. For example, one method of authentication is receiving a code by text message or email, and we are seeing some schemes where hackers send a fake message or email in this regard. If you have not initiated an action to receive a code or other authentication measure, but you do receive a text or email indicating that one's being sent to you, you should regard that text or email with suspicion. 
So next we'll talk about conducting financial transactions securely. As real estate licensees, you all are regularly involved with large financial transactions. We also discussed this in the last cybersecurity podcast, but it is important enough to discuss again. First, we're still seeing some wire transfer schemes out there. This is when a hacker gets into an email account and gets information about an upcoming transaction, like a closing. He or she then changes that information to send a fake email telling your client that the wiring instructions have changed. If your client follows these new directions and changes the wiring instruction, your client will likely send that money directly to the hacker's bank account. It seems legit because the dates are right and it looks like it's coming from the right person. That's why it works. So remember that email is not a secure way to send financial information regarding lending, down payments, closing, etc. And anything involving wiring money needs additional scrutiny. Do not ever forward wire transfer instructions and consider any wire transfer information changes to be highly suspicious. To limit your liability, we always recommend having your client confirm all wiring instructions and any changes directly with their financial institution through a telephone number that they received early in the transaction. That's important. If you receive an email that seems suspicious and it includes a phone number to call the institution, first verify that this is in fact the correct phone number by going to the business's website. Some hackers will even go so far as to put a fake phone number in the email, and when you call to verify, you're just talking to the hacker. So counsel your clients on these issues as well. And for property managers, be on guard for fraudulent checks, cashier's checks, money orders, and anything requesting that you wire back any part of the money or overseas renters and earnest money deposits. Now, if you're a broker, you should pay attention to your billing cycles and account statements for all business and escrow accounts. Contact your bank if you don't get an expected statement or something seems off. And review your statements to make sure all transactions were expected and authorized. Finally, we know a lot of you do business on the go, but you should conduct all financial transactions on secure networks, not an unsecured Wi-Fi at a coffee shop or other location. If you often do business on the go, we recommend using a virtual private network, or VPN, service to encrypt your data and keep it safe. And there are numerous options for that. They don't cost a whole lot, and it's a whole lot safer and cheaper in the long run than dealing with the fallout from hacked accounts. Mm -hmm. Another thing you can talk to the tech helpline about, too, if you get stuck. So, John, what should you do if you suspect that you've been hacked or scammed? Well, first, you want to take action as quickly as possible. Promptly reporting whatever happened improves your chances of, A, recovering any money that may be at stake, and, B, preventing liability from you. If you suspect you have wired funds to the wrong place because of a fraud, contact your local law enforcement agency and your local FBI office. Also, contact an attorney. Finally, contact your local, state, and or federal consumer protection agency. All of these resources can give you more information on what you should do next. You should also review your E&O insurance policy to see if it has a cybersecurity component and contact them or your cyber insurance agent. Many cyber insurance policies will come with a counselor or advisor service that will help walk you through what you need to do next. So John, let's take it to the legal hotline. Let's go there. Question, my system was breached. What must I disclose to individuals whose information was stolen? Well, first, you should contact an attorney who can advise you on the necessary steps you need to take. Second, as we discussed above, in Virginia, there is a law that requires individuals or entities to provide notice to the affected Virginia residents if there's unauthorized access and acquisition a certain data that compromises the security or confidentiality of personal information that the individual or entity maintains. And depending on the information that was stolen, you may be required by law to provide notice to those individuals. It's really important that you contact an attorney who's familiar with federal and Virginia law on these issues. 
And if the affected person is not a Virginia resident, for example, a client moving from out of state, you'll need to work with an attorney to determine if you have any other obligations under that other state's law. All right, Jessica, I received wire transfer instructions from my clients. Is it okay if I pass it along? Ooh, this can definitely be risky. Wire fraud is incredibly prevalent in the real estate industry. It's best to have your client be in contact directly with the financial institution handling the wire transfer. You do not want to be responsible for passing along fraudulent wiring instructions, so it's best that your client coordinates those transfers directly and that you do not involve yourself in them. Are there any other ways that I can further limit my risk? Sure. So you can purchase cyber insurance, but you need to make sure that you understand what that covers and what it does not cover, and whether you need to purchase any additional riders to protect yourself and your business. Also, make sure you know what your obligations are under that policy with regards to making sure you're following best practices for cybersecurity. Right, and for best practices, make a plan and involve your trusted professionals, including your IT professional, attorney, insurance agent, and any others that might be able to contribute their knowledge to ensure you are protected. Tell them your concerns and ask them what you should be concerned about that you haven't thought of already. If you're a larger organization, you can hire IT consultants to do security testing on your network and websites. They'll also run training and testing to determine if your users are likely to fall for phishing schemes. Large corporations and public figures fall for these constantly changing and sophisticated schemes every day, so you are not immune. Don't feel bad or embarrassed that you fall for it because lots of people fall for these schemes. That's right. And have policies related to the security of the devices your office uses, and make sure that your agents and office staff follow these policies. And keep your operating system, browser, and security software up to date. And finally, do not forward wire transfer instructions. Make sure you have your clients confirmed directly with the intended recipient. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have a new episode and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Thanks. Bye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2018. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license.